Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Today, we're pleased to have Seabass back. He has been a longtime podcast regular. He's not been with us in about three months, so we've got him on today to talk Vanderbilt football. Seabass joins me. He works at WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee, doing everything under the sun. My man, it's good to have you back. <laughs> Dude, it's, 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 it's been a minute, man. Can somebody stop the merry-go-round for just a minute so I can hang out with my buddy Chris and talk a little Commodore football? Well, people have asked why we haven't had you on in a while, and your life has just taken <laughs> one turn of busy after another is a good way to put it. Yes, but it's all for the good. I mean, it, it's none of it's negative. Uh, I got a brand I got a brand new host in the morning with me, a brand new co-host with me in the morning uh, that, you know, I've been looking forward to that for a while. And uh, I just, I love doing radio with him, and it's going extremely, extremely well now. Uh, so, yeah, uh, there is there is that, and uh, we finally got some stability. Of course, the station was bought by a new company. And, you know, uh, in, in radio, and Chris, you well know, uh, radio tends to change hands a whole lot. I've never done that before. I've never been through that That same owner. I had the same owner for 20 years here. And so having a new one is, is, is very different. But it's finally gotten settled in, and everything is good. So I should be, for the most part, now every now and then, you know, we'll see. But uh, for the most part, I should be back on a regular, regular schedule uh, for the podcast. Let's talk Vanderbilt football. I know your attention to it has not been what it would be in most years. But what's got you intrigued right. as we are now – Man, a week and a half mm-hmm. from the season. Man, I mean, right? We're 10 days away from kickoff. Uh, I, usually, Brown, this time I can tell you how many minutes it's down to. You know, so <laughs> I'll say this. It's around, around 240. I know that. Uh, but a couple things that have me intrigued. First of all, and, of course, I'm cautiously optimistic about this because I have had chances to read and not really go into full detail, but a theme keeps popping up, and I'm hoping it's just because of improvement. Uh, and, and Coach Mentor seems to be uh, doing pretty well and getting a lot out of some of these cats. And I keep hearing about some of the some of the defensive players on that side of the ball. And it's, I mean, I think I, we both kind of went into this thinking, you know, defense is just a complete lost cause. The only way Vanderbilt is going to stay in this any game is they can throw the ball all over the field and get something out of Davis. But you're starting to hear some of these cats really step up like uh, like Elijah you know like the lots being talked about with him and Davy and Davis and 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 with with Anthony uh and, and some of the other guys and you start looking at this and you're saying some of these guys are really starting to take it to the next level and you wonder if you, you wonder aloud was this all scheme or are these guys finally picking up on something does mentor have a great plan um is some of the the late camp success we're seeing defensively uh, a product of an improvement in the in, in personnel and system, or is it because the offensive line, something that we thought with a little bit of a depth there, was going to be potentially one of the strong suits there for this team that is at least in camp revealed itself to be a little bit of an issue. I don't know if it's a combination of all these things 
or if Chris, maybe the defense personnel wise has just improved that much. Yeah, I, I don't. I have a hard time believing that the skill level got that much better on defense from a year ago, right? Now, again, I will use the the stinky fridge analogy that I use often, that when something goes really bad in the fridge, the whole fridge stinks, and you can't tell what really stinks and what really doesn't until you clean all that out. They have had an offseason to clean their fridge out. The thing that I've said repeatedly is they are so much more imaginative, I think, on both sides of the ball than they have been under the previous staff. Now, Ludwig, when he got a chance to do his thing, I think was a pretty good offensive coordinator. And then I think Derek, you know, got that back under the reins and you got what you got. But I'm always skeptical. My thing is that I always kind of fall back on your talent is what we saw it last, unless I've got a good reason not to think, unless I've got a good reason to think differently. So at this point, we don't know, does defense look good because the offense looks bad? But I always have said that this was going to be an uphill climb for them based on talent alone, and I still believe that. That said, you know, the defense could not have been any more disorganized and out of place and poorly used than it was the last couple of years, and I feel like they're going to make tremendous improvements there. So that is something that despite – we still don't know if they've got enough SEC caliber players to make a big dent uh, in the win column this year. But I think we know in terms of the coaching and the other stuff, that's going to get improvement uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, and look, like let me stick like, with the defensive side of the ball. Okay, so there's not a, a Dio on there. I mean, Dio was a monster. May, but- may I interrupt you for a minute? I would have loved to have seen Dio in this scheme. Well, it's like I told you, man. I mean, Dio was such a – I mean, Chris Ballard even said, because I heard him say it, he said when scouting Dio, before he went down with that Achilles, he had him pegged at 21 in the draft. And, and clearly – he meant it, Chris. He took him with a second-round pick, despite the fact knowing there's a chance he might miss his entire rookie year, which I don't think he will, but he could, with an Achilles tear that he suffered in the senior bowl. Now, you tell me, that's not just lip service if he takes somebody who just tore their Achilles and takes him in the second round. You know? No. I mean, he clearly believed, he clearly believed that about Dio, and, 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 and I do too, because there was nobody else that had – that type of the, – the length this guy has is, is insane. And what's dial tip at about 275, 280 pounds with that type of length and that get off? So there's not one of those. But then you start hearing things about cats like – and, again, you know, getting off the buzz is wonderful. Producing on the field is quite another. But, you know, with McAllister, he's only getting better. Uh, you love the looks, at least so far, of, of Alex Williams. It sounds as if a guy like Malik Langham is now starting to get to the point where he's going to be the kind of maybe, – maybe not a superstar, but a contributor uh, that you were hoping. You throw those guys in there with Davion Davis, and I promise you, guys in that linebacking court and in that secondary – uh, are going to find their lives much, much easier. So if we can get some pro- production, and there's plenty of potential on that D-line, 
and and that's not even counting guys like Marcus Bradley and Tyrion Sergic and guys like that. I would say this to you, at least the potential, and for whatever that gets you, on that defensive line and the depth of it is as strong as it's been since any time that I can remember in a while. Well, we will see about that, but... Again, and I did this on another podcast. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, so this is the second one I've done on Wednesday. This probably will not air until Thursday. I feel like in terms of the part that the coaching staff can control, I have no issue about that. The one place where I might have an issue is an offensive line because I feel like that was the group that was poised to take a jump up, and it is clearly has not. Yeah, and I, that's the part that, 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 that that's wearing me out, you know. Did I expect this team, the offensive line, to, to come in and, and look like Georgia's from a couple of years ago? No, 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 I didn't. But and, – and I and, and I have to take into account, and I understand that, because uh, I know what that's like uh, when you have a brand-new position coach. And maybe you're learning some different things and techniques, and, and I've heard that hinted, and, uh, hinted about, but – Man, I need to see somebody, if one or two players, take a positive step direction. Uh, you know, because I think about a guy like Tyler Steen. See, Tyler Steen should be getting ready to play his very best football that he's that he's ever played. That that should be the case. Uh, you know, I'll be interested to see uh, what Bradley Ashmore does. I I, re- I really like him a lot. He's probably one of my favorite linemen on this team. Interior wise, I mean. Just by sheer numbers, we should be hitting on at least a couple. But, you know, it, it seems like that's one of the biggest struggles on this team is finding productive, consistent interior offensive linemen. And if we don't have it, you know, if we, can, if we can't get that offensive line going, it's none, none of the rest of this is going to matter. If we are under duress all the time and Ken can't get anything going and we can't open up holes for – for Ramon or, or, or whoever's in the backfield, Patrick Smith, you know, whoever's back there, it, then none of this is going to be for anything. This unit has to find a way between now and 10 days from now to figure something out and get this thing together. I don't need you to be road grading hogs. I need you to open up holes when necessary and, and protect Ken Seals long enough to get the things going because I don't want to have the playbook totally condensed because these guys can't block anybody. The one thing that I guess I would offer is some hope is that you've seen some pieces shipped, shipped around some. Uh, so there's that. I think that there's an element of cohesiveness when they find the guys in the spots where they need them. You know, an offensive line can take a while to gel. Again, you've got a number of guys. What, you've got nine or ten guys on that offensive line who've made starts before? Something like that. Right. So there's that, that maybe there is some sort of strength in numbers that it, if it clicks for two or three of them suddenly, which sometimes that happens, then then everything starts to improve, right? But that's also a lot of ifs. And at some point, you make judgments on where things are, where you are. And, and the fact is, this should have been a group that was – better than it's shown so far. Right. And I agree with that, you know, and I'll, and, and as you mentioned, think the reality is the younger guys, the, the freshmen are probably not going to be ready. I, I know, I think maybe I saw where Bruno kind of like what he saw. I think maybe Gabe, Gabe Pitchford, if I remember correctly, yeah, uh, is who that was. But, you know, 
this, you know what this team needs? You know what this offensive line needs? This unit needs? It needs a dude or two. Somebody's got to be a dude. Is there one on that roster right now? I mean, is there a guy on that offensive line, Chris, that the other offensive linemen look to and say, this is, this is our guy. This is who I'm going to emulate. This is who I'm trying to be like. Is there a dude on that whole offensive unit? I have not seen it yet. I think as most people know, I've not been able to go to practice for the last week, so I just go on what I have been told, uh, hoping to get back out there very soon. The closest I can come to answering that question is they took Bradley Ashmore to media day. Uh, usually that shows something in terms of leadership and satisfying what it is that you want in terms of coaches want out of players and you saw who they picked on the other side and that was Davion Davis and that's worked out well in camp so I guess that's a way to answer it saying I have not seen it with my eyes I guess the coaches obviously have a lot of trust in Bradley Ashmore not saying they shouldn't uh, just by that but I don't look around and see a, a Chris Williams or somebody that right now they're just looking and going oh that that guy's just that close I mean Cole Clemens I've seen some things of at times that I really liked but you know, you man, you need it from your tackles at some point too. I, I think that you do. Look, I I don't know that that anybody has blown me away on a consistent level. And I haven't said that. I'm not the best guy to judge offensive lines. When you are watching a scrimmage compared to a game, you're watching in a game. You're watching eleven of the guys on the team you cover at the same time, right? Uh, and, and you can't do all that on one play. When I'm watching a scrimmage, I'm watching 22. So all that to say, there is a chance that I'm, I'm missing some things just because my eyes are the wrong places. But I think at this point, it would have popped at some point across all the practices I have seen. Um, and you would have picked up on that in other ways. That's right. And let me just say this, because it, it, it's it's a different position than maybe any other when it comes to grading and being able to show out. Here's what I mean by that. Let's take a guy like Quentin Nelson, right, in the NFL. Quentin Nelson is a left guard, but he sticks out. You notice his play all the time in a game. Why? Because he's flattening anything in his way. I mean, he, he, he doesn't give up sacks. He doesn't give up tackles and he just murders everybody that he plays, okay? That's, that's one way you stick out. So really, the only other way an offensive lineman is going to stick out when you're watching 22 instead of five is if he's a sieve, you know? It, 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 as if he gets religiously beat and you see your quarterback on his ace, you know, or you see your running back blown up in the backfield because he missed another block or he got completely manhandled or he can't get out of his stance and he's already beat off the edge. That's when you notice them. An offensive lineman generally who's doing a solid job, you're not going to, at what's following a scrimmage, what's a 22, that's not going to stick out. It either sticks out because somebody's super dominant or they're a complete liability. Yeah, unfortunately, I've noticed a lot of guys this camp <laughs> at times. Uh, no, again, then that's a problem. A lot, a lot of time to, you know, between here and there. And look, I last year at this time, um, goodness gracious, their run blocking was about the worst I had ever 
scene. Um, and that got that got better. So there's hope there is this time, too. There, there's actually a question in the mailbag that touches on this that I'd like to get to that maybe we can explore some more themes on the offensive line and, and look at it in some different ways. So I'll, I think let's just suspend questions and discussion until we get to that. But before we go there, anything that you had to add or ask about? Well, just one, one for me, and that's, um, well, a couple things. One, I really like what I'm hearing about some of the, uh, of the, the freshman receivers. Uh, that, that's great news to hear. All of a sudden, you know, and even guys who really didn't play like you, like Logan Kyle. I mean, uh, all of a sudden it seems like there is going to be a, a there, are, there are plenty of guys who are acceptable. Acceptable is not the right word. What's the word I'm looking for? A legitimate targets for Ken Seals, Mike Wright, whoever the case may be, who can do, do something more than just block downfield or, or at least has the ability to get separation. You know, that's, you know, depth at receiver. I remember we had it a couple of years ago when we had three fantastic wide receivers. And I'm not calling it that. I don't. I don't think we have. You know, Jordan, Chris, Matthew, uh, Chris Boyd, and uh, uh, oh, good grief, Jonathan. Uh, what was his last? Kraus. Kraus. Yeah. I mean that that was that was a lot of fun to watch. But from a depth, stri- strictly a depth and, and potential playmakers, I really like where they're headed with that. Um, but the one thing that I wanted to ask you was, as far as, uh, as the running game goes, and I know that it's extremely thin, um, but in the limited time that you've had to lay eyes on Raymond Davis, I can always go back and watch the Temple games, and that's great. But from your eyes, what are we looking at here? What, what, what do we have? Is this, is this a guy who that if – things go right and this offensive line gels is a potential thousand yard back. I'm not sure what type of expectations to have uh, about him. Man, that's a tough question. That is another one that was asked in the mailbag. I may just go ahead and get to it now. Um, two things, okay? The line, again, has been so poor that it makes it harder to evaluate backs. I feel like he's a good back. I don't know if he's a great back, but I think he's a, a good one. I, I think he's better than anything they had a year ago. So there's that. My question with him is just health and, and, and work. Yeah, I, I'd prefer him to Keon. I would. Wow. Oh, that's great news then. Well, I, I'm not as big on Brooks as everybody else is either. Um, well, I so don't there's know that. why, because he, he, he ran like a wild man at times last year when an offense that really didn't have much else to do, uh, he ran like a wild man. Yeah, I think Ray's I more talented. Um, although you, you see some similar things. Um, you know, they both can catch some balls and some things like that too. But I, I, I worry about getting him through the season, given that they're already trying to manage his workload given the type of back he is, and given the issues we've already spoken about. Now, if, if right. you... Well, I know if you they brought James Ziegler. Yeah. They, they are thin at running back. Right, for sure. Are you still there? <laughs> yeah, I mean... 
do you need to expound on that? I, I get it. They're thin at running back. No, yeah, I don't. I, I mentioned when they had James Ziegler, and you know what I'm hoping for is there's another one of those deals like a a Kari Blasen game or something that you know it translates that had to make a move, and I know that's not what Ziegler signed up to be, uh, but it sounded like at least from your initial reports that he. He didn't look like a fish out of water, you know, playing. I know he played it in high school, but uh, that he looked at least serviceable. My fear is that their backups are too small. Um, okay. They're, they're not slow, but if you are that size, you've got to be next level speed and quickness. And I don't know that any of those guys are that. That's right. I agree. Anything else or do you want to head into the mailbag? Uh, no, it sounds like you want to get to the mailbag, so we will ride on over there. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff in here. Our mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If your loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call, 615-846-6200, see what your rights are and if they can help. Bear 8000 says, take a guess on how many yards Seals slash Wright will throw for this year. Hmm. Individually, each one of them? Um, okay. Uh, well, let's see. I'm going to go. I want you to do this with me, by the way, Chris. Uh, I'm going to go with 2650 for Ken. I think that is close. I might go. Oh. Maybe 150 lower. Again, nothing about Ken. I just worry about their ability to protect him and give him time. Right. Agreed. I think Agreed. I think you're close. Okay. Now with Mike, uh, I mean Mike, Mike Wright's going to play this year. I think we all agree with that. You know, one way or the other, uh, Mike Wright is going to play, and there's going to be packages for him. Uh, I'd like to do his rush rush yards more than anything but uh for passing yards let's say i'm going to say ken wins the job ken stays upright ken starts all 12 games and if that's the case i'm going to say that mike wright throws for 360 yards for the year yeah i would go i'd go under that i'd probably go closer to 200 yeah, I, I thought I might be shooting it uh, far, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe a big, maybe he connects on one of those. Uh, didn't he, didn't he have a a big connection with Logan Kyle in the spring game? And I think Logan took it the rest of the way. You know, maybe some big seventy yard play that accounts for twenty five percent of the season totals. Uh, his passing yards. What I'd like to do is his rushing yards. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask that question of you, Mike Wright's rushing yards for the season. Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> that that might be the toughest question on the team. Um I'm going to go 275. 275. You know, I'm I'm that's 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 about what I was going to say 300. So I, I think we're living in the actually living in the same neighborhood. I just don't know like how those come, right? Is, is that all in backup time or what does that look like? Because he's a guy to me that, my goodness, you need to get him on the field because of his athleticism. But I don't know how you do that. It's not like it's not like he's a guy who's 
sitting there as an Antoine Randall L where you're you're running him in and using him as a receiver. He's not big enough to be a, a backup running back. Um, I don't know. I, I would be interested to see if as the season goes, if they get creative in getting him on the field in a non-quarterback role. But honest to God, I don't know what that looks like right now. Yeah, same. Same. I I don't know. I mean, and that's I think that's a question that a lot of people are on the border asking themselves right now. I could see him getting in that game against ETSU and going for something like 110 yards and, and three touchdowns on the ground. If they get out in front of a lead yeah. and, and that kind of thing, and it might end up being half his production, um, you know, for all I know. But I could, I, I would not be surprised if that happens. But I think it might also set a, a false expectation for the rest of the year if it does. But who knows, right? I mean, this could go a lot of ways. It's a new coaching staff. It's a new offense. We have talked about the issues that it's got, which I think are going to really hamstring a lot of things. So, I, to me, he is the biggest wild card on the team. You know, I, I certainly agree with that. And, and you know, ho- ho- hopefully – He'll get plenty of playing time against ETSU for all the right reasons, you know, <laughs> and that it's not 17 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. Uh, because if so, well, when's the first baseball game? Um, but, right. <laughs> you know, I, and I'm really, really hope. And I'm, I, you know what? I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I think it's a different day. I, they're not winning the East. I, look, I, I don't think we're game. going to have that when do baseball and basketball season start. Is, I mean, they might. Again, I have concerns about their level of talent, but I think that there is enough with the way that this staff approaches things that they can give you something to be excited about. And, and a lot of years, you know, you get into October, November, and you see stuff happen like freshmen who didn't do anything in Paul, fall camp. All of a sudden, they're on the field, and you're going, wait, I didn't see this coming? There are always little twists and turns of the season. I think that this staff has taken care of its business enough. Again, I, I don't think that the talent is something that they can do a whole lot about, but I think they've got a shot to make it interesting enough that we're getting into November. We're going, okay, may not be a lot of wins left on the schedule, but at least you're watching development of players or this guy's getting better or that thing's getting better or suddenly they figure out the blocking issues and they're throwing for 300 yards a game. I think that there's going to be something like that this year where there's something to follow and something to talk about. Uh, Whereas last year, you know, we got five, six games in the season. It's like, God help us all, right? I mean, I guess you did have, like, even even last year you had Ken Seals in the passing game. So even even as bleak as that was, you had some stuff to talk about. I think that this staff, and and maybe I'm wrong, maybe the the talent deficiency is just too much, that it overwhelms most of what they're trying to do. But I do think that there's going to be something going into November uh, that still gives fans a reason to hang around. I think that's right. I think that's well said. And I think that I look, especially with a brand new coach uh, and a lot of excitement around the program, I, I think uh, the good news for Vanderbilt is, is that nobody expects eight and four here. You know, nobody, maybe Clark Lee might, I don't know. Um, but, but here, here, here's what I do know. If they go out there and they show us 
and Clark Lee has the game plan together, and you can see that they've bought in, and it is literally just a matter of having the groceries to make the meal and and believing that they're on the way, then okay, Uh, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. What I'm not cool with is watching minimal effort. I'm not cool with watching defensive linemen getting blown back into the freaking secondary uh, against – you know, mediocre running games. Uh, I'm not interested in any of that, but if I get all out, you know, bees to the wall, but it's just a matter of we're not quite there personnel-wise with some of the other teams in the SEC, I don't like it, but I can live with that. I need If I could see a real live game plan and I, and I can look at this team and say, okay, come see me in a year or two, and, and when we got something to talk about. Because, look, I mean – I'm, I'm not – you know, I said nobody thinks this team's going 8-4, and four, and they're probably not, and I get that. But, I mean, we were having these same conversations when Robbie Caldwell left for the field the last the last time, and the very next year they win six games and go to a bowl game. You know, and, and there's no way you thought that was coming. I don't care who was on that roster. I remember the names. But you didn't think that team was going to win six games and go to a bowl. There's no way you thought that. You thought – this can't get any worse than what I just saw. And in the very next season, they're at the Liberty Bowl. So while I'm not forecasting a Liberty Bowl or, or any other bowl for Vanderbilt quite yet, there are pieces that you can build on around this team. And if they have truly bought in, and we'll know sooner than later, if they if they have truly bought in and I can see that, then I am more than willing. I'm, good Lord, dude, we're Vanderbilt fans. We have the ability to be patient. Um, I, I'm willing to buy into that. If, if I can see that it's legit, then you know I'll take my I'll take my lumps at three and nine and and, and dream of better days a year from now. Yeah, I think if this season doesn't go well, we already know the reasons. We knew the reasons before Clark Lee even took the job. I feel like they do a pretty thorough draw, job of trying to address what they can. A, again, I I don't know that they've got enough speed. In the secondary, um, I don't know how you fix that. I, I think there's some things that you can do with trying to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands faster and some other things that I've seen that I probably shouldn't go into that I am confident as I watch practice, they are trying, and you will probably see those things in games. Offensive line, I see them mixing some parts around and trying some different things. Um, again, there's some other issues there, but at least they are they are making an effort. Uh the running game, I, I don't know how, if you can't keep your guys healthy, how you fix that. Um, you know, again, they have not had one full year to bring in their own players, and, and that's just it's hard to pin that on them, right? I will say this. I do think that the freshman class that they did help close, I do think that those guys are better players in terms of athletes and football skills uh, than, than the ones before them. So there's that, how much those guys helped this year or should be expected to help, I don't know. But I don't. I, I would be surprised if we go into November and it's not going well, if the narrative is anything more than this was just too much for them to bite off. Because I feel like they will have tried a lot of things and, and done a lot of things that they can do in terms of conditioning and discipline uh, that they can control. But I, I don't. I, I would be surprised if we go into – November going, this staff has just totally screwed it up. Yeah, I can't imagine that being. We know what that looks like. 
And yeah. this, we, this we are experts in that. that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. This does not appear to be that. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay. This one also for Bear 8000. How many rushing yards will Davis and the other backs end up with at the end of the season? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> this also is predicated on an offensive line I can't trust yet. Uh, okay. You really like this cat's potential. He he certainly succeeded at Temple. Uh, so I have no reason to believe that he's not an SEC caliber running back. Um, you know, here's where a good passing game come, comes in. Spread some things out. Get him into open spaces. Um, what's his speed like, Chris? What, what's Davis's speed like? Uh, he's not a burner, but he's not a a plotter either. Um, I, I'm going to guess he's four six, maybe. I don't know. More than adequate. More than adequate. I, I can't put a comma in this one, Chris. I I, I got to see it first, you know. So I can't throw a comma in there. Uh, I'm, but I'm going to shoot close to it. I'm going to go. I'm going to say just a little bit south. I'm going to say 825 yards. For him, for him individually, uh, Rocco and, and Patrick Smith. And I mean, are we assuming that those are the two that are, are we, are, do we think James Sigler is going to get some carries? I'm going to say Rocco's your number two. Uh, and I'm going to say it's a distant two. I'm going to say 310 yards. And I think Patrick Smith is going to get the kind of time that, you know, maybe Brooks got when he was a freshman, maybe less. Uh, and I'll say 150 for Patrick Smith for the season. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville. But he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. I'm going to go a little higher on Smith. I'm going to go maybe 225. I think Griffin is about right. I'm going to go lower on Davis, and it's not anything to do with him. It's just the the health is what I'm concerned about. Um, I'm going to put an over-under on 600. I think if he plays a full year. Yeah, I think if he plays a full year, it's over. But I just worry if they're already managing workload and that kind of stuff in fall camp um, and putting a red jersey on him, and, and I see what I see. I just – with his style, I worry about staying healthy. Well, I hope not. That's only 50 yards a game. Yeah, I, I don't know, think this that, is going to be a team be that's – I, I don't think this is going to be a team that with him is averaging 200 a game anyway, but – and I get that. I get that. But I'll say this. 
if our leading rusher is averaging 50 yards a game, then we better be slinging that ball all over the field. Well, I don't think he'll be averaging 50 yards a game. I am projecting some missed time in there. Okay, so that's the reason for the numbers is missed time. I got you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that, that's, that's understandable. I think I'm, I'm going to guess he gives you about 75 a game rushing. Okay, well, that, which, I mean, I'll take. You know, I take all day long. You know, that's that's in between eight, I think like 850 for the year, somewhere around there, which is about what I said, you know. So I, I, I'd live with that. And I hope I'm wrong about that. I'd love to see that kid play and play all year. But I, I just think there's a yeah. lot of things to me that are yellow flags going into this year with him. And, and, and again, stuff not really in his control, but just style and, and the way they block and the fact that they're already – having to go, hey, we, we need to make sure we keep this kid healthy. Right, because what you hope, I mean, because what it sounds like, and I, I, you know, again, I haven't seen him, but it sounds like the gap between him and Griffin and Smith is quite significant. Um, I don't think those other guys are bad backs, but when you are that size, you had better be the quickest and fastest guy on the field. And I don't know that either of those guys are. Right. So, like, here's an example of what I mean. So, like, even though I haven't personally seen uh, Patrick Smith yet, um, it didn't take long for you to know that Ray Perkins was going to do something with the football in his hand, right? Right. He's not that. that Yeah, he's not. In other words, he's that is not who he is. So don't, you know, you know. Jared McGrath, Jimmy Williams, when they first started touching the football, moved the ball. You know, I don't have a better line in front of them. But uh, so temporary expectations, I don't say expectations, like Patrick Smith was a super high, highly rated recruit. But I certainly like what I saw out of him, you know, on, on the prep level. But I think, you know, this might be one of those deals where see me this time next year and you may have a different back. Yeah, Smith is one of those kids that – if he gets a little bit quicker or adds 15 pounds and doesn't lose anything, then it gets interesting. But okay. there, there's got to be that. some projection beyond what he is. And, and again, I'm not knocking him, um, but you can see why there was a disconnect between the, the player of the year stuff in New Jersey and where he got rated, which was a two-star. You can see why right. analysts reached a conclusion that they did. And sometimes that works out, right? Sometimes it does. I won't say that it won't, but I think some things have got to change for it to do that. Outstanding. I, I look forward to seeing what he can do. Okay, Chris, i got about 10 more minutes, my friend, so let's fire away at this mailbag. All right, let's run through these. We've got about five or six left. How many points a game will the offense average? 44. 44, all right. <laughs> no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Uh, man, I just... I just think this team's going to be able to throw the ball, Chris. I just do. And I think it's going to open some things up. Uh, you know, the non-conference schedule doesn't terrify me. We're not playing Bama, you know. Um, you know, this is not a monster number, but I'll say, oh, man, I, you're, you're going to crucify me for this. Uh, but I think we've run up a bunch of points against ETSU and UConn, and, 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 you know, I think we can certainly move the ball on the Rams. 
Um, I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna say? I'm gonna say an even 25 points a game. All right, the next one. Is from, uh, 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 okay. No, uh, 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 no, no, no. I no, we're not doing that. They asked Come you, on, not me. <laughs> no, uh, I'll go. Hey, hey we're. I'll go 20, better than last year, but not what I hoped leaving the spring. I get that. It's just I just think that, man, there's just there's just quite a few people that can do something with the football. I mean, having Chris Pierce and Cam Johnson and uh, Rockman and, 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 and some of these, these up-and-coming youngsters, man, I just, you know, and Ben Bresnahan and, and, and hopefully with Davis staying healthy. I, I do, I, I, you know, I get it. I just don't think this is going to be one of those deals where we're fortunate to score ten double figures against almost any SEC SEC defense. If the line holds up and and Davis stays healthy, I, I think that, that we've got a shot here. Yeah, none of none of that is an indictment on those skill components of the passing game. In my mind, I'm I'm fine with what they got right. there. I'm fine with what they have at quarterback. It's just. God help them. They've got to be able to get off some throws. Boy, boy. What are you talking about? I'm right there with you. That's, and that's what it's going to come down to. And, and, and honestly, five points per game, it, it, we're way off from each other, to be honest with you. But, but that's okay. You know, I mean, I, I think, it prob- I think the, pr- the truth probably lives somewhere in, maybe in the middle of that. Ann Arbor, this is the question I wanted to get at earlier. Offensive line is a concern despite having returning players with experience. Sounds like the new coach might be implementing a new system used by Iowa at one point that's apparently complicated. See, that to me is the big question. Is is there something in there in, there in terms of learning a new scheme? And I'm not the guy with the trained eye. I haven't played offensive line. Maybe this is where it'd be nice to have Bruno on the pod. And again, we've had to be careful with what we have discussed given the parameters that Vanderbilt's put around everyone who covers practice but see that to me is the million dollar question is it is this more than just these guys aren't any good it's is there are they being asked to do something that they've just not grasped yet right and and I would love to be able to try to attempt to expound on it but I haven't seen them well, you will, you will have a very good idea that I would think after you watch the ETSU game, and I'll be really interested to hear your take on it then. Yeah, I can definitely do it then. Right now, I just I just I don't have a way of doing it because I don't know what the differences are. You know, I haven't seen it, and I and I just don't know. Um, what I what I do know is is you know, alignment's just like anybody else. They're they're creatures of habit. There's things that they do well. There's there's tendencies they've been been taught and some of these cats you know the same the, the same instruction for the past two or three years four four years depending on how long they've been there um there's certainly more than one, one way to skin a cat i get that uh but the other side of the coin is sometimes especially when you're talking about upperclassmen they are they can be they can be harder to to talk off of or to get to make the type of adjustments they need to because they've been so used to doing a certain way. Honestly, the best ones to get are the freshmen and the sophomore, the ones who who are, are green it and they're still learning on the fly too. They don't really know a particular way. And if you've been taught for the last three or four years, depending on what the assignment is, to attack it this way, and now all of a sudden you got somebody else telling you, no, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. We're going to do it this way. 
Well, you you know what? They may be right, but it may take you a while. You know, because first you got to undo it. You know, it's not just a simple saying, okay, this is it, and this is how you do it. You know, muscle memory is a real thing. You and I both know that. Uh, ask any golfer out there. And sometimes, you know, and sometimes it works perfectly and you get better instruction and it just all clicks. And sometimes it just takes a while. And then sometimes you don't have good football players. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, I, don't, I hate to be that blunt about it. I'm not saying that's the case here, you know, but we've got some guys, at least for me, in that, on that, in that room who don't seem to be much better than they were two and three years ago. Now, I don't care what's going on, you know, you sh- in that amount of time, no matter if you've gone through three different coaches and doing, you went from running the the wishbone to the, to, to the, you know, to the air raid offense, uh, you should still show marketable, marketable improvement in certain areas. And a couple of those guys just, you know, I think I say no names, but they seem like they're just out there, you know. And I, when it comes to the trenches, you can't just be out there, you know. You it takes the mo- it's the most physical part of the field, right there, right there at that point of attack. That's where it all happens. And if you're deficient right there, if you don't have some dogs, you don't have a prayer. I don't care who you are. There are only two things that I really question that I've seen Clark Lee do since he's got here uh, one of them is and, and these are questions i'm not saying that these were the wrong decisions right these are just some things that have lingered in my mind that i wonder okay how is this going to pan out because th- there are some doubts here one of them is going to be and, and i have no idea how this is going to pan out i don't have an issue and well i don't have a reason based on what i've seen to think it's a problem but again you've got a first-time play caller that's a lot to bite off in the SEC. Um, again, I've not seen anything show up in scrimmages to me that indicates that's an issue, uh, but I want to see how that goes in games. The, the other one's the offensive line, and they kept Rossamondo around to, what, February? And I don't know yeah. if they made that change because there was something Blazic does. It's a, a better fit with what they want to run offensively. I, I don't know what his reasons were. But that's one thing that I question because if it if it fits with what you want to do offensively, you stick with what you had, and everything that I heard on Rosamondo was positive. Um, he took a bad hand, yeah. and I think he made better of it than we thought we that he would. Now that still was not a good line, but he did. It could have been worse. Trust me, it could have been worse than it was. As bad as it was, it could have been worse. And I do wonder. In the midst of all that, would they have been better served? Again, not knowing how this affects what they want to do in terms of schemes and stuff, and maybe that's your answer. Maybe there was something about what Blazic does in the way that he teaches that messed with the direction of their offense, and maybe that's just your answer. But that aside, I do wonder if that's one where they could have just stayed pat, and maybe it's going a little smoother this time of the year. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, my first inclination when I hear something like that is, and they keep somebody around in February, I think, well, they're trying to keep the class together. Right. They're trying to keep this, this program together. But that's where a guy like Javon Hay comes in. So they had that, you know. Uh, so I, I and, and, and he's a linchpin guy. So uh, I, did you need multiple ones? Probably not, because this is not something that didn't need to be shook up. It absolutely did. 
you know, and the guy that you definitely needed to keep around, you kept around. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think that was it. So maybe it's, I guess it's more along the lines of philosophically of what Clark Lee is looking for. But I'm, I, I thought that Pete Ross Mondo did a great job here. You know, I, I do. I, I, I was a fan. I, I was disappointed uh, to, to see him go. But, you know, I'm, you know, AJ hasn't coached a single game yet, you know. So I, I, I'm certainly not going to make any judgments. I don't like what I'm hearing uh, preliminarily, but uh, preliminarily, I'm probably butchering the crap out of that word, but you know what I mean. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, Pete Pete was a guy that the players liked a lot, and, and he seemed to get as much as you're going to get out of him because, I mean, let's just call it. And if this is a horse race, we're not going to be favored at post time. We're probably going to be a 25 to one shot. That's going to need a great break and a, you know, and, and a great jockey. Um, I don't know. This is a sieve, and I, I hate saying I don't know, but that's where I'm at. Until we see this uh, plan executed, I mean, I, I'm just not ready to make any judgments on any of these guys yet, as far as that goes. Yeah, and Blazic's coached a few places. Uh, but, you know, you're looking at Western Illinois, North Dakota State. It's not been on this level yet, which doesn't mean he can't. But, you know, once you get up and they're like, level, if, if, you, if you're the goods, you're the goods. You know, so a lot of times it's all about opportunity. If you just all you need is the, the one one bright person to give you that opportunity. I mean, there are coaches on all kinds of there's high school coaches right now that are absolutely good enough to be coaches as, a, as an assistant in the SEC right now. Right now, this very second. But it's all about time and opportunity. So even if his he's been coaching FCS, you either know you either know and, and know how to to convey to players, or you don't. You know, you and I get it. I mean, there's nothing better than a beefy resume with big places, and I get that. Um, maybe his starts right here on that level. But he also just sent what a, a second round tackle to the NFL too. So there's that. Yeah playing in our in our town at the moment so uh yeah and and maybe you're starting right tackle yeah i don't know if that's what they need right now i haven't seen the way the other night went but um anyway uh dorking says along those lines what grade did you give the offensive line last year i mean i chris <laughs> we were owing to him see I, I suppose just because I mean, look, there, there, there was not that I, I don't know that there's any pro prospects on that line last year or this year, uh, at least not right now, you know. But I, I'm not going to give anybody a good grade. Not Ken Seals, not anybody. I can't. They went 0 and 10, and most of the time we're never competitive. So, you know, overall, I thought Rossimano did got what he could get. Um, I'd like to see an improvement this year, really, on every unit. But as far as the offensive line goes, Chris, how can I do any better than a C at this point? Yeah, I mean. You tell me. Pro Football Focus handed out its grades last year, and they were what, one of the worst three or four lines in the country, I think. I mean, the proof's in the pudding, Chris. They're owing right. to Right, right. <laughs> There's no good grades. There's 0 and no 9, but grades. who's counting? Whatever. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, they'll put it like this. Um, so, 
and I like Pro Football Focus. I I, I do, and and I think that they do a, a very good job uh, grading, and I, they're they're a lot of fun to read. Um, but I mean, I mean, I, I think even a C. Be honest with you, a team that that goes winless, the only position to me that has a chance to get a positive grade is the punter. <laughs> that's the kind of season it was. Well, I mean, that's I mean that's that's what it is. I mean, you, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's all this, this is that we we're we're covering a results based industry, right? That's what it's about. We got zero results, so you're getting bad grades. Fair hey, or it, not, that's what it is. We're out of questions in the mailbag. Anything before we end the show today? Oh, man, only to tell you, Chris, I am starving. I have not eaten all day. As soon as I get off this phone with you, I'm about to throw down, my friend. And I'll see you in 10 days. Hey, before I let you go, you've got a cooking show on now on YouTube. I want you to take a moment and tell the folks about that. It's not on YouTube yet. We're going to start doing that. Right now we're doing Facebook Live. All you got to do is go to, uh, it's the name of our show that we do every morning. It's called Everybody Talks with Seabass and Chuck Walker. You can find that on Facebook. Uh, and that's a fan page we just started last week. But we, we did our premiere episode last week. And what it is, is it's me and Chuck and another buddy of mine. It's in his kitchen. Uh, and we're cooking, doing some tailgate recipes, talking football, college, NFL, fantasy, and stuff like that. And we talk. Uh, we, we chew the fat while we cook some food and, and cut up and just have a big time. And people seem to like the first episode. Uh, and so we're going to keep on doing it. Uh, it's called uh, 731 Tailgate. All you got to do, go to Facebook, look for Everybody Talks with Seabass and Chuck Walker, and we're going to do that about 10 o'clock Saturday morning. So, man, if you want to jump on there and chew the fat with us and just have a large time, we'd love to have you. Hey, I really appreciate you joining us today. It's good to have you back, and I'm hoping we can do a few of these throughout football season. Man, oh, yeah, 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 man. I got you, baby. You know that. Okay, be good, my man. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at vandysports.com. Follow me at chrislee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.